Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Asylum. Your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Yes, indeed. Welcome back for another adventure in the asylum here. I am Rick Briggs and my partner, Rick Flieger. We're on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com. Welcome back for another episode of the Asylum Sports Show. And uh, it's good to have you here. And we continue Old Folks Month as we... uh, Bring in yet another old friend of we the asylum. We have fantasy football royalty with us yeah. here today. The creator of the Scott Fishbowl 7, Rick. A senior analyst at Fanball, Fanball.com. A senior writer developer at DFL Football. Host of the Bull Rush podcast. And more importantly, former celebrity guest of the Asylum Football Inside Slant and general man about town. It is yeah. Mr. Scott Fish. Welcome back, Scott. How you doing, man? I am doing great. We should really put Inside Slant co-host at the top of that giant list of stuff I'm, I'm up to. That's that's the best part. That's the best thing. Well, How many years was that? Was that two or three? three. It was, uh, I did two full years and then uh, I did the first like month of another one and then I, I couldn't do it anymore because my schedule changed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was, you know, we're actually, because you're no longer part of it, we just shut her down. <laughs> Blame Scott. Blame Scott. Man. So, hey, have you got any sleep yet as Scott Fishbowl was wrapping up? Any sleep at all? Oh, no. None at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm sleeping better this year than I was last year because I, I don't have a manual labor job anymore. I, my job is fantasy football, so I'm actually able to, you know, get normal hours of sleep. <laughs> so, so tell us about that new gig, man. That is awesome. It is crazy. It's I, I've I've tweeted out a few pictures of of my workstation with one monitor with a, a football game and the Roto World news blurbs and another computer with uh, me writing you know on a Word document on it. That's that's basically what I do. I have I am I'm keeping up to date on the news and I'm watching you know football and I'm I'm writing. <laughs> uh, well, I tell you what, considering you know you've been a pal of ours way back from the you know the FF Oasis days and we were just getting started as a matter of fact we were actually talking about merging at one time it's just really yeah. cool you know to see somebody from the humble beginnings you know make it and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy well thank you thank you it was uh it was a long long road but uh hopefully i get to watch uh you guys make that jump at some time and, ma- and watch lots of aw- awesome amazing people in this industry that that deserve full-time work in it i mean it's it's a fun job and 
<laughs> and I really hope those doors open up. Yeah, well, we'll be waiting. Now, chances are I'll slam it back closed, knowing my personality, <laughs> but if it happens. So, hey, we, we obviously we got to start off. We want to talk some fantasy football with you, but we got to start talk, start it off talking about the Scott Fishbowl. Man, has this thing become a monster just trending on Twitter. It, 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 at least based on our Twitter feed, it's the only thing anybody's been talking about for the last 10 days now. We've been doing this several years. I said on the show last week, this is probably how dumb I am. I didn't realize how big of a deal this thing has become, man. I wanted to go back to the beginning. How did this thing start and how in the world did we get to where we're at now? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I heard you say that and I was like, yeah, it, it's kind of surreal to me as well. I, I didn't realize how big it had become. Uh, you know, it started with FF Oasis. It was, it was a reader league, an FF Oasis uh, invitational. And it was a reader league. We went out and got... Um, like Jeff Hasley from Football Guys and Ali Fontana and Jim Day and Mike Clay and guys like guys and girls like that to play in it, you know, for some for some, you know, just just extra people to play in it. And then it was I think it was 96 teams that first year. Then it was 60 teams. Then I took a year off when my wife was pregnant. And then I decided to just go full bore at it, you know, get everyone I I could to play, see how well I can organize it and Man, it's grown every single year. The more people that I get to play, the more people that want to play. It's This year we had 5,400 people sign up. It's just unreal. Wow. I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy a little bit watching your Twitter timeline just get bombarded by the handful oh. of people who didn't get in and how angry they are and they think that cussing you out is going to help it somehow. <laughs> I feel terrible too. It's you see the tweets uh, like people saying, "Okay, I'm going to mute SFB seven for the next week because I didn't get in." I feel terrible about that, but I can't. I can't. I just don't have the mental capacity to to run a, a six thousand team league. You know. Well, that's true, but I mean, you know, it's you know, it is an invitational, and you know, as big as it's gotten, there's always some sort of limitation. It's almost like the, you know, the NCAA There's always those teams that didn't get in and they're the, they're the ones that screaming the loudest. Well, this is a bigger deal than the NCAA well, tournament. Of course. <laughs> Way bigger. Obviously. Where's, where's it go from here, Scott? What, what's next? I don't even know. I, <laughs> I, it, you know, I've thought about it. I've thought maybe I can do 1080 next year. Uh, it's, it's it's unreal. I don't know. 720 feels like my max, but every year I seem to figure it out. So we'll see. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it is. It's just it's the greatest fantasy battle alive today. There's no question about that. I was just looking at, at my division, and I was looking at Rick's, and I mean, I just really like the way you divide it up. Um, in fact, I mentioned I think on the show last week or whatever, but. You know, I mean, there's like me and Mike Clay and I think Mike Blewett like from Fantasy Network. Like how you put yourself Network. on top of that no, I, Well, I'm just talking. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, and then there's so many listeners and so forth mixed in. I mean, it's just such a nice mm -hmm. balance the way you do that. Yeah, yeah, and every division is that way. I mean, you got the quote big names, you know, the 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 Briggs and the Clay and, and then some divisions. Yeah, you have. thanks. <laughs> I know you no. went alphabetical order, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, that's exactly the point of it. Is you know there are these smaller sites you haven't heard of, or maybe a writer from a big site that you know the big site, but you don't know the writer, and you can get to know all these other people. That's that's part of the point of it, is to uh, you know make friends with 
all these other people in the industry. It's it's such a nice big community event. So I wanted to talk about the scoring system a little bit for, for those folks who uh, weren't bombarded with it on their Twitter feed or, or aren't playing. Of course, it's a super flex. Uh, point per first down, we lose the PPR. Where in the world did you come up with that, that scoring system? It's pretty cool, i got to admit. Well, uh, there was an article by John Paulson a couple of years ago. I believe it was on Roto World. And Andy Barron's had one recently as well. You know, it's gotten to the point with PPR that, like, I see a – when you see a, a wide receiver catch a pass for zero yards and a running back have a nine-yard run, one of those feels significantly more <laughs> valuable, and the other one is the, uh, the the one that scores more points. It just seems a little crazy to me. So I – points per first down, first downs matter in the NFL, you know, and I – I, I wanted to at least introduce that, put the focus on that for a draft, you know, especially a draft like this that gets a lot of attention that maybe people will think about incorporating. You don't have to give up on PPR. If you love PPR, great. But I just wanted to introduce this, you know, points per first down to everyone who didn't even know that that's an option. Yeah, I mean, no doubt about that. I mean, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, PPR is... I, I guess it was okay back before all they did was throw the football. Exactly. And like you said, you have a guy that makes a catch um, for minus two yards, he gets .8 points, and a guy runs for seven yards, he gets less than that if you're going to the you know, tenth, tenth, tenth of a point. So, yeah, I mean, and that seven-yard run was a lot more valuable. Right, exactly, and – that's that's part of what I wanted to you know show people and and I don't expect it to change things you know first downs are not on a game center you can't look at a game you can see seven catches eighty yards yay I got fifteen points but first downs aren't listed there I realize it's a huge hill to climb but at least it, it got people thinking for one draft are you a big fan of the super flex the two QB leagues I, I'm still coming around to it it's still not my favorite favorite bit in the world where are you at with the super flex i am i'm a i'm a big fan of it just because in one qb leagues i just find it too easy to play the qb position for instance my home league uh, i have drafted exactly one quarterback in the last four years and i've won twice it's it, it, you just don't even have to you don't even have to draft a quarterback in a one quarterback league now i will say this i'm working on a a quarterback scoring system where the top quarterbacks will have a lot more value and the farther down you go, like it's huge canyons in between quarterbacks. So that'll make, that'll make it a little more interesting, I think. But until that's out there, uh, yeah, Superflex at least gives quarterbacks some value. So I appreciate that. All right. So most drafts are wrapping up. I've been done. I was in this lightning quick league. I think Rick's still in the fourth round. And if, <laughs> we are in the twelfth. According round. to Twitter, most Twitter, most of it was your fault, if I'm not mistaken, or at least that was the consensus the other day. But now that they're for the most part wrapping up, let's hear it from the creator. What is the secret to winning this thing? Or for me for finishing above five hundred. What what's the secret? Oh, that's easy. Pure luck. Pure <laughs> luck is the secret. Uh, with 720 teams, I I find it hard to believe that a strategy is going to win. You know, there might be a strategy that's a little more successful than others, but you're going to need a lot of luck, I think. You're going to need a, a lot of those outlier players, those super boom-bust players, and hit on them, I think, is what it takes. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm 
actually have it pulled up here and was looking at some rosters and so forth. I mean, all in all, you know, you could look at just about any roster and say, yeah, they're in pretty good shape. <laughs> but, you know, and but, you know, except for Brian Hoyer. Uh, oh, no, forget that. <laughs> um, but, you know, the two quarterbacks do make it difficult. I mean, and the, the extra points for tight ends is yes. what's interesting, too. And I saw some yeah. folks, I, I think – uh, somebody in my division might have been Sigmund Bloom went quarterback tight end tight end quarterback tight end or something. I don't know if I'd have wow. the, I don't know if I'd have the guts to do that, but it's an interesting strategy. It really that is. is wow. That is really interesting for Sig to do that. I know there's some Rotovis guys that started out like three tight ends too. It's the strategies were all over the map. I I I will say this though, when I think about it, what's really gonna win this league is probably whether or not you drafted JHI. That's probably gonna win the league. <laughs> I had that on the list of questions, so we'll we'll jump Ajayi. we'll jump right to that, Scott. <laughs> I have heard I heard it on the bull rush and it, it's all over Twitter, the man love you have you have fallen Ajayi. into with our boy there. So I gotta know, is it just because you like the drop on this show this much, or what is it with you and Ajayi? What what what's it, what is it? It started way before the drop. I actually tweeted out a link to a podcast I did in, I believe it was October of 2013 or 2014. It was during his sophomore year at Boise State. I listed him as a guy to watch out for. <laughs> and uh, my love has gone back since his sophomore year at Boise State. I just love the guy. And I don't know if you heard the episode of The Ball Rush, but JHI gave me a shout out, which was like, just like, I don't know, made me go crazy. Where did he give you a shout out? <laughs> Uh, a friend of mine works for Sky Sports, and he interviewed him and <laughs> sent me an audio file of JHI, you know, saying, you know, hey, Scotty, thanks for all the support, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he's because he's British, so he had the British, <laughs> British accent. Well, um, you, you have to blast that everywhere you go now, right? I mean, oh, I, I have I have made everybody listen to it. I One of the Bull Rush episodes recently, I put it as the start of the episode before the opening music oh, you absolutely. get to hear. Boy, I wish you'd send us a link because I'd love to have that on our control board. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we, we could hit that right along with the drop. You know, I, of course, you know the history <laughs> with him on this show is we <laughs> yeah. were actually breaking down a Scott Fish Bowl. I don't think it was last season. It was the Two season ago, prior, yeah. whichever it was. And Rick mispronounced the name, and we got savaged on Twitter by the one person in this world who loves him more than you do, and, and it became a thing. So well, never again will his name be mispronounced here on the asylum. <laughs> oh, that's pretty awesome. All right, I, I, just... I, I like the guy, and I, and I respect that the love goes back to uh, you know college. Actually, we were t we had some stuff wrote down. We were going to talk about whether or not uh, we had time or not, and of course we weren't going to because certain things happened. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, last year he had twelve hundred and seventy-two yards rushing and eight touchdowns. You know, yep. and, and by all you know, by all counts, I mean that's a pretty good year. But I mean, you you know, you drill down into that. I mean, the guy had nine games under sixty-five yards and eleven under eighty. You know, I mean, you take away those those two hundred yard games. I mean, granted, they're wonderful, but you know, that was consistently pretty vanilla during during most of two thousand sixteen. What's Miami got to do to really let this kid? You know, I mean, unleash in a consistent way. You know what I mean? Uh, keep Pouncey healthy. <laughs> that's that's the main problem because his big games came when the entire offensive line was healthy. And here here's some fun facts for you. Uh, uh, 
missed tackles and uh, yards after first contact. He was first in the NFL in both. You take away those three 200-yard games, he was still ninth in the NFL in both those categories. Also, if you take away his two best games and Adrian Peterson's two best games from his rookie year, their stats are almost exactly the same. And no one was saying that about Adrian Peterson. You know, like he was he was pretty outside of two or three games. Adrian Peterson was very similar to that his rookie year, and he turned out to be a beast. Yeah, but everybody I, knows how to pronounce Peterson. <laughs> that you know what, that's probably it. That is probably it. <laughs> oh, no, I I have a lot of a giant man love and I'm probably a little bit biased, but there there are stats to, to back it up. There you know, the the RB scout Adam Spinks was uh has a video about this just the other day about how many of his metrics, even if you take away those games, but d- definitely with those games Make him one of the best running backs in the league. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to bash Manlo because Rick can attest to it. I've been on Brandon Marshall's bandwagon since year one. I mean, I think this guy is fantastic. And, you know, he carries some baggage with him from years past, but I think he's done nothing but perform, you know, at an extreme level ever since he's been in the league. What what I do like here, Scott, is as time passes and the more things change, the more they stay the same. And it's been quite a while since we've talked to you. But once again, here yep. we are putting Rick Briggs out on an island because I've got <laughs> I've got our boy Ajayi. I've got him ranked at number four. I've got him right after those big three that, that everybody can agree on. It is him. You know, we say we can take away the 200-yard games. No, you can't. <laughs> I wouldn't. If I were you, I'd keep them in there. You get a healthy offense. Here's what the kid has going for him. There's nobody else in Miami. They might not even carry another running back as far as I'm concerned. If you have a healthy offensive line, plus you still have Ryan Tannehill playing the quarterback position – there is no reason in the world why this can't become an every week occurrence for, for this kid. I, I've got him at four. I'm all over. I got him ahead of McCoy, ahead of Freeman, Murray, Howard, Melvin Gordon, who inexplicably to me is going you know about an ADP of seven. I don't understand that. It, it, it's all about your boy for me, Scott. I'm with you. Yeah. So, well, I have him at three ahead of Ezekiel Elliott right now. You have him at four. I have a buddy who has him at two. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's right. I think you have it accurate. I, I think we should probably push him up to one though. Yeah, I mean we got we, could... we got to figure out reasons. I mean Ezekiel Elliott is giving him a good giving us a good reason, uh, good reason to move him down right now. Isn't that isn't that yeah. true? Yeah, we can. Well, say... I'm I'm just gonna say one thing, Wilson. These two guys that's in my head talking about this are. Um, I'm on an island. I'm talking to Wilson. <laughs> oh, the, the <laughs> volleyball. I got you. <laughs> I mean, because you're doing yeah, Tom I'm, Hanks stick. Over I am there. on an island. I mean, look, I got this guy obviously up there, but two, three, not, not, not a chance. And, and back to your point, Scott. This is the assumption. You don't need a reason to put him in one. Throw him there. Say it really loud, and it sticks here. Of course, you know, I don't need no, any numbers or anything yeah, to back. Nobody's it up. wrong yet. There's I don't no know doubt. what. I don't know what kind of fancy pants shows you've been doing the last couple weeks, but we don't need any <laughs> statistical analysis here. Okay, one thing that I'm on, be honest with you, I think Melvin Gordon's ranked too high. And, you know, I wanted to get your opinion on that. Look, he's under 1,000 yards last year. Granted, he had the 10 touchdowns rushing and two more receiving. That's 12 total touchdowns. I don't know. I'm I'm still – I love the kid. Um, And, actually, I think uh, the Chargers made some moves to improve a little bit. But I see Phil Rivers 
I don't know. I, I see a lot more passing there if, and it's a big if, Keenan Allen can stay healthy. You know, if that receiving core can stay healthy, you know, is Gordon a 1,200-yard guy, 1,300-yard guy? Yes, I think so, just because I don't I don't know who's going to – Else is going to even Danny Woodhead's gone. Brandon Oliver True. is no Danny Woodhead. It's it's uh, that line. I feel like is going to be a little bit better this year. Uh, I, I I would have trouble seeing him not hit in that twelve hundred thirteen hundred yard. Yeah, I mean, I certainly <laughs> I, I I agree with you that there's a lot of yeah. You're fading out here, Scott. We'll try to. Pad I'm fading out. Oh, there you there you are. You back now? Okay, oh, we lost yeah, you there sorry. for a little bit. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm here. Yeah, I, I do think that he could he could hit twelve thirteen hundred yards if it if it's just you know just based on the fact that there's just nothing else there to to tote the rock. Okay, we're gonna play a little game with you real quick. Uh, Melvin Gordon, Devontae Freeman. Well, I can make this Gordon pretty easily. I have a Jai three. I have Zeke four. Zeke four and Gordon five. Okay. All right, who's six? Six is Jordan Howard. Okay, that that's uh, that was another guy I was going to bring up later on too. I really like this kid. Mm-hmm. And they improved the interior of that offensive line. I know they brought in like Benny Cunningham and they drafted Tarek Cohen and guys like that who can catch the ball. Langford's a little bit better of a pass catcher, but how you know Howard looked okay catching the ball a little. I mean, I I, I do like to bring this up. I believe he dropped four or five balls in like one game last year, which is just ridiculous. But um, <laughs> so I, I don't think they want to depend on him for that, but uh, just running the ball, he, he looked explosive and he's dropped some weight this year too, which is you know, could make him even more. For Coughlin. <laughs> <laughs> After the first one, he'd have been sent to Siberia. All right. I wanted to wait. I, I didn't bring this up on, on our last show. I wanted to get a round table when I had you in Scott, we, we talked plenty about everything going on. Now it's time to make it about me. What I truth truly care about and it's a draft strategy question so by just some weird these are all done randomly by some weird twist of fate i've so far participated in three mfl 10s obviously the sfb7 and we just rick i I wasn't able to make it but rick just drew the uh drew the draft positions for our home league the league of consequence the caveman league in each and every one of these drafts i have been selected randomly to draft from the number two position so obviously three times in the nmfl tens in the scott fishbowl i've gone i've obviously gone Le'Veon bell as david johnson has gone one in each of them what are your thoughts in a situation like this where is there any thought reason to going away from what I, from what the obvious pick is at that spot for fear of well, the, I think that's where he's going to go <laughs> but for fear of putting all your eggs in one basket I mean I've never seen anything like this picking out the exact same spot every time I own 5 Le'Veon Bell shares if he gets hurt in week 1 or in the preseason I'm done I'm toast across every league no, I, I I think you're fine. Ajayi, <laughs> I I yeah, Ajayi is a good uh, good <laughs> idea there too. But Le'Veon Bell, I mean, I guess he doesn't get another contract, and he's going to be playing on a you know another one year franchise. So they might just run the hell out of him and say bye bye, let him go. I I don't even know what's going on there. Uh, apparently, the new normal is just to franchise people two two years in a row and then try to figure it out. But uh, no, here's what happens when you do something like that. Sure, you might lose them all, 
But one year I had I only did five MFL tens and I came in top two in four of them. I mean, th- this this is what you could be looking at, Fleet. Right, you could right. be looking at you know three wins right there, 300, 300 bucks. I like your move. Yeah, and I think maybe it's one. You know what is it? Once bitten, twice shy. Last year I picked towards the end. Now they wasn't the exact same spot. It seemed towards the end of every draft and just loaded up on <laughs> Allen Robinson everywhere I could. And between that and just ridiculous amounts of alcoholism at these drafts, I had the worst year of my fantasy football career. So I'm just a little bit nervous loading. I don't think there was a team I didn't have Robinson on last year, and that hurt me a whole whole lot. Yeah, that man, it is it is tough when you you do have a guy that you know fails like that. But I don't know. I don't think I don't think you can second guess yourself with Johnson and Bell. There's just maybe I guess you could have gone wide receiver, gone an Antonio Brown, you know, the teammate there who's always studly. Um, begs the question: Why do you hate Antonio Brown? I think that's the real question here. Well, I, I don't hate him, but it's, it's Le'Veon Bell. But that's sort of my thought yeah. in the Caveman League. Do do I make that jump to an Antonio Brown? I, I don't have the guts to do it. And then just getting mocked by the guy at three picking Le'Veon Bell and doing that doing a dance at the draft board. Yeah, that's that, that's what I'd be doing if I was at three. And I, I, I just don't think you have a choice. No. In, in MFL 10s this year, I just don't think you have a choice. you got to take a running back with the first two because you go 20-plus picks back around, your running back options are at best Todd Gurley. Right. Yeah, and a whole lot of Lamar Miller shares going on as well. Which I don't know exactly how I feel about that. Well, with Dante Foreman now, that might have gotten stronger. <laughs> right. So, so you did mention you know a couple of times, and you have Ajayi ahead of him. And so, you are you concerned about Elliot? Is it just with the off-field stuff? Are you worried about a regression? Where where, where are you at with Elliot? I I'm not worried about the regression. I just think Ajayi is. You know, I I think he's going to get crazy volume. I think Ajayi could be. A 280 to 320 touchback or 20 carry back. I know that Gase was saying 350. I, I don't buy that, but 280 to 320 is reasonable. But I also think he's going to catch 50 passes. He caught 50 passes his senior year of college. Uh, it's more about Ajayi than than Zeke. I have them both close. But Zeke, man, <laughs> all this crap. I, I'd be surprised if he didn't get suspended. And the the annoying thing for me is that. If it comes from the domestic violence thing, they put a rule in 2014 that that's a minimum six gamer. And if it's be, if it's based on the domestic violence and he doesn't get six games, I hope everyone tears the NFL up. I, I really hope they do because if you're going to say we're going to crack down on this and then you don't, it's just going to piss me off. Well, this whole thing to me, and if you've listened to this, I mean, we talked about I think last week or two weeks ago, I can't remember, you know – the, you know, domestic abuse, of course, you know, they should take it very seriously. They should be suspended, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you tell me how over a year ago and they still don't know if he did anything? Yeah. I mean, this is See, this is stupid. I mean, it, this has nothing to do with the NFL or Ezekiel or anything. This is what, I, you know, the, the powers that be, law enforcement, lawyers, whatever it is, how do you not know what happened a year ago when you're talking about domestic abuse? Yeah, this, this is this is where I'm at. I'm kind of on the same page with you, but two different sides of that coin. My, my, th- my thing is, if they come down on the domestic abuse thing, if they've found something, if, they, if this is what they believe, 
it better be six games. Oh, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. But, but since it's been so long and like one of the witnesses in the car said it didn't happen. And like, I, I think you need to either throw that away or give him six games for it. I don't think you can hem and haw somewhere in the middle with this situation. You, the, your only other option is all the crap he's done. Give him a conduct detriment to the le- to the league two to four games or something. Right. You know, but do, don't throw the domestic violence in there because either either you have proof he did it and it's six games, or you have nothing and you shouldn't penalize him for it. Well, and this comes down to where they're almost just placating, and I don't want to, if it happened, and let's assume it happened, I don't want to paint Ezekiel Elliott as a victim here. But what I'm seeing if they do this, and it's one or two games, as I believe it was Schefter who was reporting, he believes he's here and it's going to be one to two games. What that is telling me is they don't have enough proof to hand out that six-game suspension. They don't know what happened, but in under the guise of taking this domestic violence issue seriously, they're going to throw a couple of games at this guy just in case, just to make sure. That that seems to undermine everything they're trying to accomplish here. I think you nailed it. It's either nothing or it's six games. Yeah. You either have the proof and you whack them for six games, and I'm fine with that. And if you don't, if you can't prove it, if you can't back it up, then why are we talking about a suspension? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's that's exactly how I feel. Uh, I will say this. You hate to relate any of what he's done to domestic violence, but every little thing he does, like I want to put up one of those signs that they have at like uh, at like like workplaces, like no accidents in zero days. Like <laughs> yeah. Ezekiel Elliott has not done something incredibly stupid in this many days, and like just reset it every week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No you wouldn't about get that. past four, it would seem. The young <laughs> yeah. man spends it's... a lot of time in the news. Although I said on the last show that may never be heard <laughs> that we lost, but yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it seems I, I hardly blame these guys for bar fights. That that incident that happened on Sunday night. It's I got to think they just get challenged everywhere. Oh they yeah. Go. And once and, again, I know this guy's he in a mob or something. Nobody talks, and and we all think it's Ezekiel, but nobody's talking. There's no police report. There's nothing to back it up. This guy's like Teflon. I'm kind of scared of him. <laughs> yeah, that that is, and the, the guy who actually got punched doesn't even know who punched him, yeah. which which is just crazy to me. Well, is he, either his lips really fat or his wall is getting really That's fat? That's what so I think. Yeah, yeah that might that. be the situation. Okay, we covered a lot of the, you know, and you can order them any way you want these elite backs or everything. But there's been some movement in the off season, and Rick and I covered one guy that basically has failed everywhere but New England. But it's still getting a little bit of run on Garrett Blunt and Philly. What, what's your feelings on him? Uh Garrett Blunt. Uh, I think I think he's probably in line for a nice eight to twelve touchdown year. I think he's going to do not as good as New England. Obviously, eighteen touchdowns is tough to tough to repeat. But I think people are. I don't know. I think people are a little a little more down on him than they should be because I think that a- offense is going to be able to move the ball and I just don't know who else is going to, you know, score the touchdowns. Now the yards, that's a different thing. I can see Sproles and Smallwood and guys like that chipping in five, six, seven, eight hundred 800 yards, you know, between the air and between the ground because Blunt is not a pass catcher. I don't care what the reports say that they're going to try to get him <laughs> catching the ball. Uh, but I can I can see Blunt being their you know work hard workhorse back as far as the goal line carries. So that that could be worth eight touchdowns, nine touchdowns, ten touchdowns. 
Yeah, and, and you wonder, his ADP seems to be coming back to earth. If you could get the 10 touchdowns, I, I think the value's there. What I worry is folks expecting those 18. It's just a weird deal they have, have going on New England, and repeating that's going to be tough. So here on the Asylum, Scott, the Vikings are your account. And so <laughs> one thing I'm having trouble sorting out, especially with my cohort over here, who wants to rent Latavius Murray's guest house, he's so in love with him and can't let him go. How's this running back situation shake out with, with the rookie coming in there in, in Dalvin Cook, who I, I'm pretty high on for, for not being a draft guy. It might just be all this stuff I read on Twitter about how good minicamp was. I don't know why I'm so in love with him, but I am. And Latavius Murray, and does McKinnon fit in at all as well? Yeah, a really, really fast, uh, a little, a really fast uh, running back uh, in shorts going up against third string DBs looked great. That's, I mean, it's shocker, right? <laughs> that's, that's where I base all of my analysis on what happens in gym yeah, shorts. It, it is tough when you see that hype. You know, there a lot of times there isn't. You know, you, you don't know all the all the other facts to it. You just you just hear how he's blowing by guys and cutting around guys, and you're like. Well, he should. That's. I mean, he's a he's a second round pick who could have been a first round pick. And he's super speedy, and because he's a rookie, he's going up against other rookies and you know backups and stuff. But uh, <laughs> I think I think Latavius Murray is going to try to take a strong. I mean, he's he's coming off of what two ankle surgeries, so I don't even know if he's going to be a fully healthy yet. Maybe, but I think he's going to get the shot to to be the starter. You know, and but I think it's going to be like just a cluster fudge of of sharing and the offensive line is we've tried to improve it, but I still think it's pretty terrible. So I'm probably staying away from all of them. I think that it, the smart play probably is Murray, though, just because of his price tag. Like he could be the starter and he's relatively cheap cluster well, fudge that's yeah, some salty yeah, language there like, scott you be yeah, careful coming now. from mr <laughs> fish is very salty but <laughs> now rick kind of spoke out of turn i love latavius murray when he came in at oakland uh, i tell you what i love beast mode in oakland I'll, I'll tell you that but murray in minnesota does nothing for me anymore it, it's I, i'm with you it's just it's it's a mess there i mean peterson could do nothing and then he goes down. The other two guys can't do anything. And, I mean, they try to upgrade a little bit the offensive line, but, I mean, it's a Band-Aid. I mean, those guys, they're, you know, it's just not going to work. And, and, I don't know, Murray scares me to death. Yeah, that's – I mean, I, I think the the, val- the true value in the Vikings fantasy players is, is their wide receivers this year. It's uh, We have, like, the third, e- third easiest pass schedule – and Bradford gets the ball to the receiver. I mean, he broke the NFL record for completion percentage. He he does get the ball out and he does get it to the receivers. I think I think Diggs and Thielen, Thielen especially with a price tag, those are much smarter plays. They're not your wide receiver ones, but I would rather go after them than the Vikings running backs. When when people draft the Vikings running backs, I just kind of shrug because <laughs> I wasn't targeting them. Would you be surprised if Digg works his way into a low-end wide receiver one? I actually value him that high. Now, Thielen's a guy I never thought of as anything but waiver wire pickup, bye week fill-in, but but Diggs is a guy that's really caught my attention. Oh yeah, he definitely can. He, he he's he's the number one target. He's he's a great route runner. He just he just can't stay healthy. He's he's a, pretty inconsistent. A lot of it is because he can't stay healthy. But if he if he can stay healthy, yeah, he he's easily that guy that can catch 
10 plus passes in a game. He's done it several times. So I could see that happening. It's, it's just, I'm a little worried about the consistency and the health. One more question on running backs. We'll move on a little bit. I'm looking at current ADP right now, right at running back number 10, Todd Gurley. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I'm looking down below him, and there, there's quite a few guys that I don't mind him. I think he could be a surprise one way or another this year, and I'm right. really on the fence. I'm the, I'm still leaning on the negative because the Rams are bad, but um, you know, there's other people that are pretty high on on their per chances this year. You know, I, I I I think the Rams are bad, but I think <laughs> a lot of it is Jeff Fisher, Jeff Fisher as the you know trying to plan out that offense, I think McVay is going to be so much better. I mean, we saw him in Washington, and I just – I feel like this is going to be a much better year for Gurley. I'm not, like, buying Gurley as, like, a top – 10 is probably fair. 10 to 12 is probably fair. Uh, but he's immensely talented, and if they have any sort of offense this year, I, I can see – I can see – you know, the <laughs> I can see people lining up further back. I can see less eight-man boxes. I, I can see a little bit more opening for Gurley. But you're you're right. I mean, I'm still I'm still really on the fence and a little bit scared. Yeah, I mean, I like the potential. I'm I'm with you, but he it is a little bit iffy. You know, when it comes to him, like you said, at ten right now. I mean, that's RB one material, and you know, I don't know if I have a gun to my head. You know. If I take him over Marshawn Lynch, I mean, from what I've heard just so far, I mean, as we speak right now uh, of Lynch so far and, you know, in a much better offense on a much better team. And, and he's a proven quality as well. Yeah, he's over there. He's about that action, boss. He's about that action, boss. <laughs> and he's on the other side of 30, but we're talking one year here. I'm, I'm not talking dynasty. We're talking about a one-year gig here. You know, I'm not sure how high I can go on Gurley right now. Mm. Well, if man, I, I I think I'd rather still rather have Gurley over Lynch, but I get it. I get it. I mean, yeah. Latavius Murray had what a thousand yards and twelve touchdowns, if I'm remembering correctly, something right. like that last year. And you can kind of pencil in Marshawn Lynch for similar. Uh, that offensive line is um, just really really good, probably top five. But I don't know. The last time we saw him, he was he was hurt. He was averaging three point seven yards per carry. I I don't know. I'm I, I would probably take Gurley over Lynch, and I think Lynch is a little bit cheaper right now. But I'm I'm, gonna, I'm not going to knock someone who has it the other way around. I'm just going to give two words in defense of, of my position: Goff and Carr. <laughs> I ain't yeah, never seen no talking with me nothing. I, yeah, I can't buy that it. That, that's a fair point. Yeah, we, we can go ahead and talk about Marshawn Lynch a little bit. You know, you like the possibility of replicating Latavius Murray's touchdown numbers. Here's my problem with Marshawn, and I could be dead wrong on this, and, and maybe, Scott, you, you know something I don't. Just on impressions, on who this guy is, on the way he conducts himself, I have a really tough time believing he has spent the last 14 months just working <laughs> as hard as he can to get back and be a tip-top 2013-2014 beast mode shape. I just have a hard time believing he's that guy, and I wonder just how much time he's going to spend on the field this season. 
Oh man, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm I sure he just hasn't crazy been crazy enough to be know. in tip-top shape. Quite <laughs> yeah, frankly, I'm sure he was on a hardcore diet, no skittles. He was working <laughs> out every day. He wasn't, you know, making funny videos and going on vacations. Right? He was, he was working, he was working it back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a long history of running backs taking a year or two off and then coming back and exactly, you know, being studs. So yeah, I'll <laughs> I'm sit, not worried at all. I'll sit back and we'll go ahead. You know, I, I'll do it. Everybody sit back. I'm going to make the list of times this has worked. Ready? I need silence real quick. Sure. All right. So moving on now. So so speaking of guys missing significant time, moving to new cities, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put this in your Minnesota Vikings. Again. Basically what we're doing here, Scott, if we didn't prepare you, is just bombarding the stuff with questions we can't answer and hoping maybe you can. Another thing that never works are these high-profile running backs at the end of their careers moving to new cities. So let's start with Adrian Peterson. What's that look like in New Orleans for you? Uh, 2,500 yards, 18 <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> if that no. happens, I will pull this audio and you can play that next to your Ajayi audio. We'll put, we'll put no. the Scott Fish no. loop. <laughs> I will say this, though. After he uh, got his 200-yard game, I predicted that he would get another 200-yard game on the bull rush, and he did. <laughs> so I, pred- I predicted that he would get two in a row, which was a crazy prediction that actually came through. But no, Peterson is – I mean, when have you ever felt comfortable – you know, drafting and starting a Saints running back ever. Yeah. It's even back to the Reggie Bush days. Like you're like, you get this, this maybe Deuce McAllister. That's that's the last (laughs) one. I was just going to say, it's the last one that I ever felt comfortable with. Yeah. Reggie Bush, you're like this dual threat guy. He's going to get me. And he was so inconsistent. I never felt comfortable with him. And then Mark Ingram has been the same way. I mean, he, he was a little better as of recently, but man, I just can't, cannot count on, on with the way the saints use their running backs. I, 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 I think that, I think it's possible. Peterson can walk his way into, you know, seven to 10 touchdowns just because I think he's going to be more of the goal line back, but they pass so much down there too. I just, I'm I'm scared. He he's the kind of guy that could be your league winner because you can get him cheap enough, and he could, he could blow up. But man, I mean, he's he's on the wrong side of thirty. He's he's had all these injuries. I they, they say he looks great, but once again, no pads on. I mean, he's a freak, so of course he looked great. But uh, I'm if I can get him cheap enough, I'm going to take a few stabs. But I'm I'm not super super high on on him being the 1200 yard 15 touchdown guy he used to be yeah i did there's just no chance all right so let's hop forward as as now a professional with a w2 saying as as much being mm-hmm. a draft and dynasty guy who are the rookies who are going to have a big impact in fantasy football this year i think it's all the running backs earlier right like nixon can is primed to take over that role i mean he does what hill and geo do only a little bit better than both and he can just be the guy that stays on the field uh for they're gonna put that entire offense around him uh so i think he could be the guy evan ingram might might just end up being playing wide receiver for the giants and brandon marshall people are like you know veteran presence could be a, a big red zone guy what if he's like you know, last the last year of Vincent Jackson or Andre Johnson or, or you know, any of those guys. Like, what if that's the, the Brandon Marshall we're finally about to see? I, I don't know. So he's a tight end that could, could, could make a little noise, though I don't bet on rookie tight ends. A sneaky one is Alvin Kamara with the Saints moving into that, that running back 
pass catching running back Sproles role cadet for them had like 49 catches last year. That could be Kamara this year. So he could be sneaky, but uh, McCaffrey, man, he could be huge or he could be, it's tough to tell what the Carolina offense is going to do. There's just, there's so many of them that could do something, but really, I mean, what, what is it? Three to five rookies tops every year actually do something fantasy wise. Right. So, but hadn't that been that way with Carolina for a while? There's always, a lot of guys that can do something, but, mm-hmm. but they just never really seem to. You know, I mean, Cam Newton had that huge year a couple years ago, and then last year he pouted half the season. Calvin Benjamin, he's eating Twinkies, I mean, until they come out of <laughs> his ears, apparently, from what we yeah. hear. He does look kind of like me now. And, and That's not why you want to look. No, and, and – you know, Jonathan Stewart, you know, a couple of years ago, everybody was touting this wonderful year that he had. And granted, it was it was a, it was a nice year for him because he didn't get injured, but he was still <laughs> under a thousand yards. It wasn't anything spectacular, you know, to write home about. Right. Yeah. And this this year, I mean, the offense, the offense is going to be different. We don't know what the offense is going to be. They bring in Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey for short yard for like right. those little dump offs and screens and stuff. And Cam Newton was 58% <laughs> in passes under five yards. No other quarterback in the NFL was below 70. I know. I mean, well, this... he throws it as hard as he can, 10 feet over their head. It's hard to catch him. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I, I, I'm not sure what's going to go. I mean, they fired their GM today. I'm not even sure what's. Well, that'll I'm make those sh- passes be completed a lot better. That- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I, I just don't know what that offense is going to be. I Honestly, what's interesting is I think we brought this, I brought this up, or someone brought this up to me the other day that Kelvin Benjamin would be a much better, like, he'd be a great number two wide receiver. Like, big red zone threat, you know, like. But he's he's their one, and then they don't really have a two at all. Well, the problem is the first, second, and fourth options on every offensive play are Cam Newton just doing what Cam Newton does. So it just right. it doesn't bode well for for any other. I, I want to go back to you, you talked about Joe Mixon, and we had this debate on the last show. I agree with you from what I have seen and what I know, which is certainly certainly limited, that he can be Hill and Bernard wrapped into one and can stay on the field all three downs. My question is in Cincinnati: Do you think that's going to happen? That that is my concern with that kid is they've never really shown a desire to have one running back. Well, I, th- I think here's the thing. I think Hill is not very good and Gio is coming off the ACL and he's going to start the year on probably he might start the year on the PUP. It's even if he isn't, I mean, you know how players come back from ACLs right away. Um, it's, it's not generally something they, they come back from greatly unless you're Adrian Peterson or Jamal Charles. So, um, I, I think that he might get that opportunity early just because of Geo possibly not being ready for the season and Hill not just not being good, in my opinion. So, yeah, I do think Mixon might get might actually get, you know, a chance to shine early enough and then he might just take it over. If Marvin Lewis lets him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, because Hill and Bernard, they're both young men, too. I, I, I'm kind of dubious that all three is going to be staying there. Well, uh, I mean, Mixon does have some good role models. He's hanging out with Pac-Man Jones and Adrian Peterson. So, <laughs> <laughs> Now, that's a party I'd like to be invited to. I've got to be honest. Now, I don't know what that says about me as a human being, but that'd be a pretty good party. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. want Pac-Man as my employee, but as my, my right hand at the club, I think I'd be a pretty good time right there. <laughs> yeah, he probably knows where all the best uh, <laughs> clubs are. Yeah, those are. type of <laughs> Let's clubs. Let's say clubs. Yeah. You, you, don't yeah. even, you don't have to clubs. say it, Scott. Yes, you you don't have to that. bring yourself to my level. I won't make you do that. <laughs> he, he doesn't have a shovel. There's no way he can get to your level. All right, so obligatory question we got to ask everybody. Who you got your eye on? Who's the sleeper? Who's going to be the guy that nobody expected that's going to put the team over the top to win the SFB7 this year? Oh, God. The player or the the team owner? Oh, I don't care. I was going to say player, but if you got a team owner out there in mind. Oh, no, I don't have a team owner. That that player makes it easier. I I don't know. It's probably going to be one of those – one of those super boomer bust guys like a Devontae Parker or a Martavis Bryant or something that people are drafting them as their wide receiver three and they turn out to be a wide receiver one or like a Procise or a Rawls, you know, if Lacey doesn't pan out or, you know, if one of those backs turns into a legit running back one because this this setup is so RB heavy, uh, I can see one of those guys, something like that, being just, just a league winner. Um there are a lot of running backs like that. It's, it, it always it it generally comes down to some kind of late steal. Like, it, it's got to be one of those types of players. Maybe it's like a I don't know. <laughs> Definitely one of those types of players. Now you did bring just, up an interesting question. I'm sure you won't answer it, but now I have to an- ask it since you opened the door. Among owners, who is the most likely and conversely the least likely to win the Scott Fishbowl? And you can't say yourself as least likely. I know what kind of guy you are. <laughs> well, I did go one in eleven one year, but I also got second one year. So, so those two, uh, those two, kind of even each other out. Um, my yearly, my yearly go-to is Kevin Cole of Rotoviz. I mean, he was top ten in scoring two years in a row. He seems to really, really just figure out my formats, which is really annoying. <laughs> but, <laughs> Let's take him down. Yeah, so, we have the no, ability. I, he's one I always have my eye on because of because of that just two years in a row doing that you know you can you can um break that if you want what you do is you print out the scoring system where everybody to see but don't put that into the system just put something totally else something else in there and and then see what comes out yep yep i can i can just uh give give kevin cole a different set of rules and- yeah exactly <laughs> And then, and then watch. That'll be the one year that, like, the way he drafts for that set of rules will be perfect <laughs> for a different set. Uh, uh, I tell you. So, no, so, I. So, how about a bust guy? You've got your your boom guys. Who, who do you think's going to bust out this year? Who are you avoiding? Uh, I'm avoiding Dynasty Frank. I think he's. I think he's gonna. <laughs> he's gonna come in last. <laughs> that, I like that. Attack the guy you're on the show. That's a safe safe move. Yep. Uh, poor old yep, Frank. It's... You know, you're just taking odds with it. You know, I'm going to tell you what. Rick got me on a rant on the, the lost episode here. And oh, yeah. <laughs> this was fantastic. I mean, I put out um, a poll the other day on Twitter. My, my thought being was, okay, and I'll tell you what the, the question was, was what do you think is the more unbreakable? And I put up four all-time sports records okay 
Now my thinking was you only are allowed four on Twitter. I was going <laughs> yeah. to I was going to put that up there and then I was gonna put another one like the next week and another one. And once I got four, I would take the winners from those four and then right. then put another one, right? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> you you put up a simple, stupid question on Twitter. Now, can they just click a button and vote? <laughs> no. They have to tell you how smart they are and come up with another record that's not on your limit of four list. <laughs> and, I mean, oh, my great. I was getting more infuriated by the frickin' minute. Well, you sure couldn't tell by your responses to their tweets. <laughs> It's a good time. If I read it in the bathroom, Scott, if you're bored later and just want to see who Rick Briggs really is, go back and check out his replies to the replies he got on that tweet. It was a lot of fun. It was a good time. I recommend it. And I think we're going to have a Rick Briggs weekly poll on Twitter just to see if we can't finish him off a good clean kill here in 2017. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to definitely have to go read that. And and of course not. I mean, it's Twitter. They have to do everything to get your goat. It is the world of suck, isn't it? And and you're like a nice guy. See, it it's kind of works for for you know, you can't offend Rick and I with a 12-pound sledgehammer <laughs> and we're terrible people. But for someone like you, it's got to be tough. What did you get savaged during the Scott Fishbowl for things completely out of your control? I I don't know how people do it. I really don't. No, I, I I try not to be that guy on Twitter, and I and when people do do anything like that, I I try my best not to respond. That's that's the that and and See, my theory that's is what twofold. makes you a nice good person <laughs> that that we will jump to the defense in because there's no defending Rick and I no because <laughs> because you throw us a dart and we're throwing a hand grenade back. I mean, <laughs> we just can't say. Nothing. Well, and that's where this came from. One small piece of criticism, <laughs> and it, it's lived on for three years now. I'm going to give you a I'm sleeper. Evil. Maybe I'm secretly evil. Maybe, maybe knowing that they're trolling, that they can't get a rise out of me, and I don't even respond. Maybe they just do all the oh, yeah. piss that they couldn't get to me. Yeah, yeah that's, it's, it's that's killing a good people. strategy. I can't do it, but it's a good strategy. So hey, we're about out of time. We can't we can't get out of here without letting you talk about uh, what you're doing. It, it's Fantasy Cares. I have that right. You do fantasycares.net. Yeah, every year I run a bunch of best ball leagues and stuff uh, to support charity. Uh, I got this donation site open, and we raise money to buy toys for tot toys at a toy store, and we donate them all to Toys for Tots every year. Last year we raised about three thousand dollars or six thousand dollars. I split it with a guy who bought toys in Vegas for for it as well. So six thousand dollars last year. This year we've raised nearly fourteen thousand dollars at wow. this point. Nice, Damn. it's unreal. Yeah, it's it's going to be amazing to go buy those toys. I might have to actually find some people in some other cities to to help me do this because uh, the three thousand I spent here in the Twin Cities last year took me a couple hours, and I think it was like seven cartfuls. Wow! So multiplying that by five. It's like a full day in the toy store. <laughs> I got to imagine. Yeah, I, I would think so. But, but what a great cause! So, how are you raising the money? How can uh, how can the good people that listen to the asylum help out? Uh, yeah, just just go to fantasycares.net. Uh, you can sign up to play in some some satellites for SFB. You you don't have to donate 
you don't have to. I'd love for you to donate, but you can play in those satellites and get in SFB8 if you win one. If you're if you're one of the top fifty satellite winners, uh, it, there, there's some fun things you can do. But mostly, that's that's where you donate. You, once again, you don't have to donate to play in the leagues, but and it's appreciated. You know, these are toys for kids, guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, it would be nice if there was toys for adults, you know, like, uh, <laughs> no, but not, no, you're absolutely Like recording right. equipment that doesn't break down. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't crash, you know, at the drop of a hat. And, oh, but no, it, it's a it's a great cause. And, uh, you know, that's just yet another thing why he's such a much better person than we are. Oh, that's not true. That is not true. You guys are the best. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but we're not in prison yet. <laughs> Well, Scott, we appreciate you taking time. I know how busy you've been lately, man. And, and I've listened to every show you've been on, which seems like it's about four a night, so it's getting me through my work it is. day. Yep. So uh, good times. It's a good time to be Scott Fish. Why don't you take one last chance to tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, coming next Monday we is content launch at fanball.com. I mean, fanball is going to be a new DFS site like uh, DraftKings and FanDuel, except you don't play against the Sharks. You, you get a fanball number and you play against people of your own level. So you, you don't get eaten up by those people that put in hundreds of hundreds of lineups. But all my all my rankings and articles and, and hilarious player blurbs that I've written up are going to be available for you to consume next Monday, which is going to be really fun. Uh, so, and at Scottfish24 on Twitter. So by consuming all of this, you can actually get fat. By consuming fish. <laughs> fat, like a fat off of fish, yes. So, so exactly. real, real quick, now this is out of order. We sort of did your out here, but how does how does that weed out the sharks? I'm curious about that. Oh, okay, sure. So you, you sign up, you, you answer five questions, you get a fan ball number, and say mine is 20, and you're, you start at like 25, Flieger. Um as you play, the amount of time, the amount of money you put into these, into these, you know, weekly contests, mm-hmm. the amount of entries you pick, the amount of entries you do, your fanball number will grow or go down based on how much you play, how much money you spend. Oh, okay. so yeah. So if if I'm if I'm at twenty and I you only do a couple bucks a week, I'm going to stay low. But if you're doing a couple hundred contests and lots of money, you're going to get up to eighty, and then we can't play against each other, you know, unless we want to. But <laughs> that, that, that's actually tremendous. I, I'm all in. I can tell you that. Yeah, it's it sucks getting swallowed up, swallowed up by the sharks. So at least this gives you a chance to play against people on your own level. I mean, you can you can play up if you want to. You just can't you can't play down, you know, against people who aren't, you know, on your level. Tremendous. All exactly. In. Yeah. Fanball.com. Check that out. Well, Scott, we definitely appreciate your time, man. We got to do it again more often. Yeah, absolutely. I I I messaged Briggs. I'm like, I got. I want to be on. <laughs> I I miss it. I miss I miss being on with you guys. Open invitation every Monday, starting at six. When I'm done cursing, you are going to regret that. No, sir. That, <laughs> the, the the less a Rick Briggs voice on this show, the better it is for Rick Fligger. So uh, Scott, anytime, open invitation. Yeah, it's like I told you. Since the slant shut down, I mean, yeah, you just have uh, carte blanche whenever you want to come on because. Uh, you know, we miss the, you know, I miss being on an island all the time while you guys, you know, <laughs> sit there and pat each other in the head and tell you how great you are. Well, I think Flieger was on, uh, was it Fitzpatrick 
Island, Ryan Matthews Island, and who is the third one? Someone very Gino terrible. Smith oh, Gino Smith. Gino Smith. Island. Yeah. Gino yeah. Smith Island. Yeah. That was a long swim back, brother. A long way back. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, Scott and I, I mean, we could have been on, I don't know, we could have been on. I, you know, name the we're Co- on the right island. Cody right Kessler island. island have been better off, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that poor Geno Smith island was bad. In fact, didn't you post a picture of that? Well, he found. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Leaguer you posted a picture of him Smith, on Geno Smith Island with Geno having a big time. Oh, that was good times. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're having better times now, Scott. And uh, you know, we appreciate you taking the time to come on and. Uh, like like Rick said, you can come on anytime, and uh, we'll just knock down some fantasy goodness for all these people out here. Uh, sounds good. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. This is a blast. All right. That was Scott Fish, and um, I think Rick has left the studio heading over into the control room, and there he is hitting the music. We thank you for joining us on the Asylum. I saw you today. It's time for lineup questions, asylumfootball at gmail.com or at asylumfootball on Twitter. Yeah, get him in there. Thanks again, Scott Fish of the Scott Fish SFB7 at scottfish24. I hope I have that yeah. Right. Thanks, thanks again to him. Programming note, there may be another show this week. You heard us allude to it. We were pre-recording the second show for the week. It has disappeared. We will try to track it down. If not, keep listening to arenasportsnet.com for some best of. We'll get you more content for the week. I just don't know what it's going to be yet at this point. But thanks so much for listening to arenasportsnet.com, asylumfantasysports.com, at Asylum Football on Twitter. Until next time, God willing, we'll see you. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.